in the movie Forrest Gump, there comes a day when Forrest is just sitting on his porch and he gets up out of his chair and he just begins to run. And all throughout this scene, he talks about how he just ran for no particular reason. And when he would get to a certain point or a certain place for no particular reason, he would just run to another place. And the longer that he ran, people began to notice and they were inspired by what he did. And there were those that said, listen, the way that you run, it gives me hope. But all along, we get inside Forrest's head and he reiterates that really he's just running because. He's just running. Then after three years, two months, 14 days, in 16 hours, he stops. At this particular spot, there was still this group of people that are kind of going along with him. And he looks to that crowd, and this is what he says. I'm pretty tired. I guess I'll go home now. Now, if you hadn't seen the movie by now, and I spoiled something for you, that's on you. That movie's almost 30 years old. And some of you are sick that I just said that, and I know it. If I'm being honest with you, I'm afraid that this is the way that many followers of Christ run the race of their life. They run just because they think they're supposed to. And along the way, they may inspire some people and they may offer some hope to others, but they never really know why I'm running. They never really know where they're running. They're just running for no particular reason because they think they're just supposed to. And at the end of their life, their time, their race, can I be honest with you? Many followers of Christ just kind of say, I'm pretty tired. I guess I'll just go home now rather than this moment of stepping into the other side, of running through the finish line and finishing the race. But what if I told you that the race of your life is not just some random set of circumstances where you just bounce from place to place? What if I told you that your race is not some aimless wandering where you just keep moving long enough to make it home? What if it's not just something to get through? What if the race is designed? And what if the race is on purpose? What if it's something that we run with expectation, wondering what's around the next bend? What's coming next? Where we live in awe and wonder of the present moment that we find ourselves in, the place of our race. The course is set before us. Unfortunately, when we think of race or course as our life of followers of Christ, we think in these broad, impersonal circumstances. We think in terms that we're all just on this great big race, just kind of all running together. But that's not true. Listen, as a follower of Christ, we're running to the same finish line but we're not running the same race. We're not running the same course. Psalm 139, 
verses 13 through 16 is a text that I begin to fall in love with. It'll be on the screen behind me. And this is what it says. It says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Now, I don't have time to teach you this full text today. I do encourage you, we didn't plan this, but go back to last week and listen to last week's message. It'll give you insight to this, but to lay a little bit of foundation for you today, here's what that text just told us. It says, you were made on purpose for a purpose. God made you. He knitted you together, as the text says, piece by piece, the way that you are. Your passions, your abilities, your talents, all of those things, whatever those things are for you, God placed those threads within you. You didn't wake up one day and just decide that those things are things that you have ability in or that those things are things that you'll be passionate about. God placed those threads within you. Now we think about that in those terms in some ways that we were created by God. But here's the part we often miss. In verse 16 there of Psalm 139, it told us that in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me when yet there was none of them. What this tells us is this, is that God knit us together thread by thread. He designed us. Then he takes these days that are your life and he shapes them for the design in which he created you. Your days, the days of your life, not the show, the days of your life were formed for the design in which God created you. They're not some random set of days that you just wander through. God, the God of the universe made you and he said, through these days, I want you to know me and then to make me known and to use the talents and the abilities and the passions that I've knit within you so that you can know me. And that you'll get to tell other people about me. Once we understand this, then we can focus on the course that we are made for and that he made for us. And that's where our journey takes us today. There in Hebrews chapter 12, we're just going to read two verses today. Hebrews chapter 12, there in verse 1, it says, Therefore... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of of God. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to notice is this, is I want you to notice the encouragement. Notice the encouragement. 
And right there in verse 1, it begins with the word therefore. Now, anytime you see the word therefore, you ask the question, what's that therefore? It always points you backwards. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's gone through painstaking uh, detail to tell us all about those that were of great faith. We sang about some just a few moments ago, Moses and Mary and others along the way. And he says, based on that journey of faith, Here's what I want you to understand. There's this great cloud of witnesses that are pointing to the God of our faith. And they have already completed their race. Look to them. Church, what we have to understand is that encouragement for this race that we run is all around us if we'll just take time to look at it and look for it. And so the first aspect of this encouragement is this, is that you are to be encouraged. Be encouraged. And here's the question you have to ask yourself. Who are your people? Who are the people that have gone before you that you look to and you see the way that they ran their race and they encourage you? There should be people that come to mind. In my life, I think to my grandfather, who I watched run his race incredibly well, and I draw from that. When I get tired, when I get weak, I think of the race that he ran. I think to godly parents that are still running their race, and I look to them, and they teach me to run. I think of Peter uh, Peter from from Scripture. I think through a time in my life when I, I, I lost that grandfather, And for the first time in my life, I had to determine, is this real or not? Because I just lost something. Is this real? And I went through this time and said, God, I I don't care if it's real or not. I just want to know. And so if he's there, great. If he's not, fine. I just want to know. I was still a youth pastor at the time. So I was teaching through the book of Acts. And I run across Peter and he's looking these guys in the face that just told him, if you don't stop talking about this Jesus We're going to end you. And he said, the same Peter that denied knowing Jesus three times, he looks them right in the face. He says, do what you have to to me. I'm going to tell people what I've seen and what I've heard. And you know, in that moment, I said something happened in Peter's life that took him from being the one that ran to the one that stood. And what was it? He saw Jesus alive after he died. And so someone from me, from Scripture, is Peter. And I think on that in my weak moments. I think to how Peter ran. And so we have those people. I have a mentor in my life that for 20 years has poured into me, but I've watched him run. And so you are to be encouraged. And so if you don't have people in your life that are ahead of you on the race that are pouring into you, that you can watch them run and they're teaching how to run the race, you need to find them. They're there. How do I know it? It says there's this great cloud of witnesses. They're all around us. But we've got to take the effort to build those relationships sometimes. We have to put ourselves in positions and places to build those relationships. And sometimes we just have to ask and say, hey, listen, I see how you run your race from afar. Can I get a little closer and run beside you for a while? If you look at your life and it's this, this roller coaster of the ups and the downs, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm running well, and I'm sitting on the sideline. Find those that are encourage you and build the steadiness of your race. It's a long race, one way or another. You're to be encouraged. But here's the other thing I want you to understand, is that we're also to be the encouragers. We're to be the encouragers. 
How often do we just run for ourselves or we're just running to get through? And we're not taking the time to say, am I encouraging someone else to run? I think back to that scene in Forrest Gump. When he stopped, they thought they were running for a reason. And when he stopped, because he was a little tired, and he went home, one of them in the crowd said, what are we supposed to do now? And he's left them. And one of the things that we have to understand is that when my life ends, are there those that will be able to draw from my race to keep running? Or will they say, what am I supposed to do now? I ran alongside them, but they never taught me how to run. And so you see those that fall out and they give up, and they just lay down. We have a responsibility to be a part of that cloud of witnesses. But listen, what an incredible gift that we get to be those that point to the God of the universe and teach others how to run the race that they were designed to run. That they can look at our lives and say, you know what, because Austin ran, he taught me how to run. And then they teach others how to run. We have a responsibility to be a part of that cloud of witnesses. So who are your encouragers? And if you don't have them, how are you going to find them? And who are you encouraging? And you say, well, how do I know how to do that without wandering too deep here? Once you know what your design is, you understand your sphere of influence. And you begin to live that out. And as you live that out, God brings those people in those days he formed for you to teach them how to run. It ain't rocket science. God knows we can't handle rocket science. So he gives us very simple things. He says, you run. And you run based on the design that I taught you, that I made you to run. You run in the days that, within the design of the days I gave you to run. And I'm going to bring people alongside of you for you to teach how to run. And they'll draw from you. But if we don't know our design and we're running outside our days, we're missing those that are to encourage us and we're missing those that we are to encourage. There's a great encouragement all around us, a great cloud of witnesses. But we have to be those that notice and we have to be those that are the encouragers. The second thing I want you to notice is this. I want you to notice the command. Notice the command right there uh, at the second part of verse 1. It said, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So it's talking about this weight that we carry. And so the first aspect we need to understand is of this command is we are to remove the weight. Remove the weight of the things that hold us back from running the design that we are created to run. They're holding us back from that race those days. So this is not talking about bad things. This is talking about things that may be good things, but we filled our life with so much weight that we can't run the race that's before us. And that, so we look at those threads that are knit within us. We understand that design, and then we run it. But here's what I want you to understand, is that God will change how he wants us to do this along the way. So just because you've always run this way doesn't mean he wants you to run that exact same thing all the time. It changes. Music is a huge thing for me. One of my greatest passions used to be playing music. Now it makes me tired to think about. All right? I used to travel all over the place playing music. 
recording, writing. Oh, it was, the, it was a blast. Now, if someone wants to say, hey, do you want to? I'm like, listen, I'm just a little tired. I'm a little tired. I think I'll go home now. Right? That's what I'm thinking, you know? And so, I don't know, a couple of years ago, my wife kind of began to speak. She's like, why do you keep doing this? I was like, I don't know. He said, why don't you stop? I was like, probably should. It's not exciting for him anymore. I dread it every time I agree to do one of these things. And so during this time, I had to go through this repurposing. But I said, all right, where am I now? And so I came to this very clear conclusion. Uh, people call me and say, will you come lead worship at our event or church? And my response is, no, thank you. I'll help you find someone else. And so my passion is to raise up other people that can go do that. And so I came to this very clear, concise thing that right now, at this season of my life, I'll run my race very clearly. My church, I will serve my church if they need it in that capacity. And then I will raise others up to do what I used to do. It's the same thing, but he flipped it. Why? Because now he teaches me in different ways. I get to see him work in and through that in a different angle, in a different lens. And I get to learn more about him on this side of it than if I had just stayed on the other side of it. And so we have to look at our lives and say, you know what, is there something in my life that I've just been doing for years and years and years and years because it's just something I thought I should do and I started doing it and I don't even like it anymore? Cast off the way. There's other aspects where there's just good things that we give our time to that have nothing to do with our design. It has nothing to do with who we were created four years ago. The church I was at had a softball league, and they said, we need, we need somebody to play softball. Now you're looking at me you're thinking, I want that guy on my team anytime I play sports. And, uh, but they were desperate. They were desperate. They didn't have it. So I was like, yeah, I'll play. I don't want to play, but I'll play. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm given hours, right, to practice and these dumb games, which is just whatever, you know. And, and, and softball to me is one of the wildest things because, like, it's where, and if you're this person, just come hug me afterwards. I'm not trying to, like, whatever. But it's like where grown men go to live out all the things that they didn't accomplish in sports growing up, you know what I'm saying? And so you're just standing out there, and there's some 300-pound guy that they're throwing this really big ball to really slow, and you're just standing there, and I'm thinking, I don't like my stance on this, you know? Like, we're just going to throw it real slow to him. That's really big. And, and he's, like, turning around in the box, like, getting the perfect angle, you know? And, they're look, and they always pick on, like, the small ones. So I'm out there, I'm like, well, that's me, man. He's aiming for me, you know? I don't like that at all. And I told my team all the time, I said, listen, I need you to understand something. If it comes down to my face or the ball going by, the ball's going by every time, okay? I'm just, I don't get paid for this. And there's one point in, the, in, the, in this tournament where you're out there in the hot summer, it's days on end, and I literally, it's like God said to me, what are you doing? And like almost audibly, but I didn't say it out loud because some people think like I'm that guy talking to myself out there. I'm like, I don't know. And you know something? I went home, I've never played a softball game since. <laughs> and it's a good ministry, it did some good things. And there's some guys in that that, that that used that for great things. It wasn't my design. It wasn't, so they would every year, hey, you want to play, will you play softball? No. Can we put you on the list for backup? Not even that, no. The answer is no. Why? Because when I, when I began to understand what my design was for, I understood what my design was not for, and I understood the days that God's not going to bring into my life. I knew the race. It was a good thing. It's a ministry. But I cast it off. Why? It was keeping me from the things that I was supposed to be doing. And so we'll fill ourselves up with all these really good things. 
but they're just weights. And they weigh us down and they're holding us back from running. And some of you in here today, man, you're in a job that you hate and you're miserable. But you're thinking, yeah, but. Now this guy uses an example all the time that uh, I was talking to him one day and he says, man, every time I saw him, he just hated his job. He's miserable and just, just hanging by a threat, right? And I said, well, he said, I'm just trying to get to retirement. I said, well, oh, goodness, how, how many years you got? <laughs> I you. I, he said, about eight. Eight? Like, that's a, lo- that's a long time, man. What are you doing? And he made it to retirement. He retired just, just under a year ago. And I found out this week he's diagnosed with cancer. Very serious cancer, very aggressive cancer. I don't tell you that. It's like whatever. My point is that thing he was just hanging on to get to, that he was wasting so many years trying to survive to, we don't even know if he's going to get to enjoy it. It evaporates. Why? He was running a race he was never designed for. All the while, God's saying, listen, there's something else. Just because you've always done this, that doesn't mean that's who you are. And just because that's what you've given maybe in your mind your career to, listen, your, your point's not your career. Your point is to know me. And I've got all of these things that I've set before you in, on the race of your life that I want to show you. And I want to take you so that you know me and you get to be a part of what I'm doing. Don't waste yourself away at this thing. Come to me. It's a weight. It was just this weight that was slowing him down and keeping him from running the race he was designed to run. So there's this command, we're to remove weight. The second is this, we're to remove sin. We're to remove sin. See, oftentimes when we think about our race, we just think about all the bad things. No, there's lots of good things that we just weigh ourselves down. But now we get to the other side. We have to remove sin from our lives. We have to look at it and say, listen, if there is sin in my life, it's slowing me down or keeping me from the design that I was made for and the race that is formed for me. And so we need to be those that really begin to take inventory. The focus of our life should not be sin, okay? Don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. I use example a lot. We often think, oh, here's my struggle. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And it's kind of like the person that's on the diet and they just get a a donut in front of them and says, don't eat the donut, don't eat the donut, don't eat the donut. What's going to happen? You're going to murder that donut, right? It's it's over. And then you're going to eat the whole box. And then you're going to say, I'm not sure how this happened. You know? Well, why? Because the focus of your life was the thing you weren't supposed to do rather than what you were supposed to do. And so the focus of our life is never sin, but we do have to take inventory and look at our lives. But here's what we do. In our society, even our church cultures, we create those pet sins. We create those things that we know, oh, those are the really bad ones. So as long as I'm not doing those things, then I'm doing all right when the reality is this. Here's what I tell you. If you don't know what the weak spots of sin in in your life are, it's not that they don't exist. It's just that they're running loose and you don't know it. And all the while, what those things are doing is taking you away from the design and taking you away from the course that's set before you. A great place to start is Roman, uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. You put that in your margin. And what I encourage you to do is you begin to look through this list of sin. And yes, there's sexual morality and, and, and drunkenness and things like that that are in there. That, oh, we pick on those things. But there's also stuff like uh, rivalries, dissension, enmity. You know what enmity is? 
We read through it so fast, we don't, we don't even know what it is. Enmity is, it's, you just can't get along with people. You can't get along with people. You ever met the, that person where it's always somebody else's fault? It's probably you, you know? Like if it's always everybody else, I don't think it's everybody. I think it's probably you. And so we have to look and say, oh yeah, we, we check off the big ones. Like, oh, I don't have to struggle with those things. But there are things on that list that are struggles of your life. And if you don't know what they are, it just means they're running loose. And every little step that they take in your life is a step away from the course that you were designed for. And so we have to remove it. And so is there accountability in your, in your life? You, you, when you recognize this thing, what are you going to do with it? How do you remove it? And so you, you have to let people in. You have to build relationships. That's one of the beauties of the church. You know, when they say community groups and things like that, it's not for their health. It's because they know we build these relationships. And then when we have these places that we need accountability or help in, we have people there that we're doing life with that we can lean on. We have to remove sin. The third thing, uh, aspect of the command is we have to endure. So we have to remove the weight. We have to remove sin. And we have to endure. We have to be careful with this one. Because here's the question we ask. It says, we endure what? The race that is set before us. That's the key. You see, we've built this mindset of we just endure for endurance sake. I had a student I was talking to uh, back last fall, and, and she was just talking about this, this job she had and how much she hated it. She was just miserable in it, just absolutely miserable. And so I'm listening to her talk about it. And every time I saw her for a few weeks there, she's talking about, oh, this job is killing me. It's so strange. She's a college student. I'm like, what are we so I'm just listening, you know, and I was like, well, do you, do you need this job, like, for money? You know, like, put gas in the car and buy pizza or something? And this is what she said to me. She said, no, I, you know, I, I, don't, I saved up a bunch of money from jobs I had in high school. I don't even need the job. And so here's my response. Why don't you just quit? Just quit the job. Here's what she said. Well, I was taught you don't quit things. I get it. All right. We build it. We don't quit what we start. Now listen, we got to unpack that a little bit. We, we, we live with this idea. Oh, we don't, we, we try to instill it. We don't quit what we start. But listen, before we say that to other people, I need you to tell me, how's that diet going you started on January 1st this year? All right, we go. No? We quit things all the time. But what we've done, we've built this mindset of certain things you don't quit. But this is saying you run with endurance to things that are what? A part of your race. And so this, this, this little girl, I'm like, this has nothing to do with like what you feel like you're called to do in your life. This is literally just to put gas in the car and, and, and pizza on the table. Quit the job and go find something that you would. So I asked her, what do you want to do? She's like, I love kids. Kids ministry is something that I would love to be a part of. Let's go find that. Let's go start that. And so listen, there are things in your life, you ready? You need to quit. You need to quit them. There are things that you need to cut off and be done with. It's the bad word, right? We quit things all the time, but we rarely quit the things we should quit. There are things in your life you need to quit because all they are are things that aren't a part of your design and aren't a part of your race. And it's keeping you away from what you were designed for. We endure, but we endure the things in which we were designed for. We endure the race that is set before us. We don't endure for endurance sake. That's goofy. We endure. 
So there's the command we see here in Hebrews chapter 12. The third thing I want you to notice is the example. Notice the example. Right there in verse 2, it says, we're looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. So how do we do this? We look to Jesus. He's a number one person we learn to run from. We see how did Jesus run? We look at how he ran. What are the things that were a part of his life? What were the things that were important to him? What were the things that were not important to him? And he begins to teach us. And so he's our example. And so how often do we open scripture, open his word just to say, God, give me a, a word just to get me through the day. We've got to flip that mindset because what we're holding in our hands is literally the word of God that he's given to us to show us who he is. And so we look to him and we rest in him and we say, will you show me how to run? How did he run? And we run like him. And so what did we, what did we see right there? He says um, he was the founder, he was the perfecter of our faith. So that's a good place to start for someone that's teaching us. And then what? Who for the joy that was set before him, the course that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He endured great things, right? That accomplished what? The redemption of the world. You see, he knew why he was running. He didn't go to the cross just because he had anything better to do. He didn't go to the cross just for the cross's sake. He went to the cross to honor the Father, to bring redemption to the world. He knew why he was running. And so he ran. If you don't know why you're running, where are you running to? What are you doing? Where are you going? We look to Jesus. He's our example. The, the fourth thing I want you to notice is this. Is I want you to notice the hope that we have. So we look to Jesus. He's our example. He teaches us how to run. He teaches us what's important. He teaches us what isn't important. But we're rooted in this great hope. Right there in verse 2, it says, He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's what this is telling us, church. Is that the race that you're running... And the finish line that you're running to is secure. You're safe. And so what that does is it gives us this freedom to run well. Because we're not trying to hold everything together. We're not trying to create our own hope. We're simply understanding how we were designed. And we're running the race that was designed for us. And all that other stuff, we rest in him. We trust him. Mississippi State fan. Sorry. Believe me, I wish it was different too. And so what I would do, I don't do this as much anymore because I got too many kids, but I used to, I would video, I would record all the games. Because when I watched them live, you know what? It's one of the most unenjoyable experiences. I don't know why I do it. It's not enjoyable at all. 
And then after the game, if they won, at some point I'd go back and watch it. And I would watch it, guess what? It's way more enjoyable. They throw interception, big deal. Fumble, no problem. Other team scores, good for them. Why? I knew the final score. I knew it was gonna happen. And so it changed the way in which I watched it and interacted with it. You see, church, when we are so rooted in our hope, when we understand how secure and safe that we are in Him, that no matter what comes within this race that we run, that the final score, we're with Him, and we really believe it, and we really know it, it changes the way that we run the race. We're not wringing our hands. We're not freaking out about everything that happens around us. We say, yeah, that's unfortunate. Thankfully, my hope is not rooted in that thing. My hope is anchored on the other side. And so I rest in Him. Doesn't mean it's not hard sometimes. Doesn't mean it's not difficult things to come. But it means that we know our hope. So church, my question to you is this, is do you know how you were designed? Do you know the threads of your life? Can you look within yourself and not find yourself, but you look within yourself and you take all that to the God and you say, what did you place within me? One of the greatest gifts that God's ever given us is ourselves. Why? Because we get to see his fingerprints all throughout the way he created us. And we see this thread and we say, I wonder what he wants to do with it. And we say, God, what do you want to do with this? And we wake up each day, we go into the world and we say, God, I see how you made me. And I step into these moments and I step into this aspect of the course. And we go with expectation that God's going to do something. I'm not just getting through it, but there's something there. And we wake up each day and we say, God, what are we going to do today? How often do you with kids that your kids wake up, one of the things they say, what are we going to do today? They wake up with expectation. As we get older, we lose so many things, I believe, that God has placed within us beautifully. We lose that expectation of, God, what do you want to do today? God, what are you going to do in me today that I may know you more? God, what are the next steps on this race? that you designed for me? That you let me run? God, you mean this thing that I'm passionate about, this thing that gets me excited, you mean you want to use that? You mean that you put that there and then there's some days out here that you're going to let me point people to who you are? I get to do that? We run our race. Isn't that beautiful? That's the gift of knowing who we are and knowing that there are these days formed. And we wake up and say, God, what are we going to do today? What's out here today? And we get to use it. And we get to run it. And we get to the end. And it's not this, well, I'm tired. I guess I'll go home now. We run through that finish line. And we stand before the God of the universe. 
And it's not this giant leap to the other side. It's this step. And we say, I know you. I know you. Because I've been running with you for all these years. You've taught me so much. And now for all of eternity, I get to keep running with you. Who are you people? Who are those in your life? Who are you encouraging? And if you say, I don't have an answer to either one of those things, my encouragement to you is find someone in this room that has an at getwellchurch.org email address and say, listen, I don't know what my design is and I don't know what I was designed for. And I don't know who is encouraging me. And I don't know who I'm encouraging. And you just begin to ask, like, what do I do? And let them begin to guide you. There's opportunities. What are the weights in your life? What are the things you need to quit? I'm giving you permission. Sometimes I quit something just for the sake of it. What do you need to quit? What are the weights you need to throw out? What are the sins that are in your life? And if you don't know what they are, it's not because they're gone it's, or they're not there. It's because they're running loose. What are the steps that you need to take to look to Jesus to grow in your knowledge and your understanding of the way that he ran, that you can run like him. We're going to go to a time of response. And all that is, is this, is you've heard from God's word. Now, how do you respond to what you've heard? What are those things that come to your mind? What are those things moving in your heart? There'll be leadership up here that you can come and say, will you pray with me? Will you help me understand? I don't know the answer to this question right here. What do I do with this? Will you help me? I'd love to. I'll pray with you. We'll walk together. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for each one in this room today. We thank you that this life that we live is not some happenstance. It's not some accident. That who we are as individuals, it's not just this random set of abilities and talents that you as the God of the universe, you place those things here. You put those things within us. And in the days that we live, no matter how short or how long in our own minds, they were formed for that very design. So God, I pray that each one in this room, myself included, will lean into that moment and say, God, what do you want to do? How did you make me? What are the threads of my life? Now, what is the course that you set before me? What are the days that you formed for me? Give us the courage to walk away from those weights that are holding us back. Give us the grace to remove the sins that are holding us back. Give us the strength to endure the things that may, we may encounter on our race. And keep our eyes on you and all that we do. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I invite you guys to stand. Let's sing together.